another movie review, and this is the 1962 movie Lolita, which is directed by Stanley Kubrick, based on a novel written by Vladimir Nabokov. Uh, the screenplay uh, credited to Nabokov, but in reality Kubrick very much uh, involved in a, a rewrite, really, although he doesn't credit himself. Also got some assistance from James B. Harris on the screenplay. The cast. James Mason plays Professor Humbert Humbert. Shelley Winters plays Charlotte Hayes. Lolita is played by Sue Lyon. And a very significant supporting uh, role for uh, Peter Sellers, who has two roles in this movie. Claire Quilty and Dr. Zemp. And there are a few other uh, minor roles uh, that we do witness. And uh, this movie uh, was Kubrick's, well, I think it, we count it probably as its fifth main feature. Uh, and of course, this is following on from the absolutely terrific success of Spartacus two years earlier. This is Kubrick's fifth main feature, following on from the huge success of Spartacus, and before that, of course, the madness of war with the epic paths of glory. This time around, he chose to focus on the madness in the human mind, with a spellbinding portrait of writer Humbert Humbert, as he becomes more and more submerged in paedophilia. The scripts largely rewritten by Kubrick, was inspired by the book Lolita, written by Vladimir Nabarkov. Cast in the lead role is the experienced English theatre actor James Mason, and his performance as he slides into obsession is both remarkable and real. At the opening credits, we see a shot of an older hand cleaning with meticulous care a very young female hand, and quickly we will gather that it's a shot of Umbert caressing and cleaning Lolita's hand. Now, in Nabokov's novel, Lolita is 12 years old, but Kubrick decided to make her 14, although the early shot of her in the garden, she physically looked tantalizingly much older, 16 or more. The film's first scenes, though, show Humbert arriving at a rundown property believed to be the address of Claire Quilty, a man with multiple personalities, playwright, doctor, policeman, which he uses in the film to disguise the real persona, that of a highly, a highly uh, disturbed, deviant uh, paedophile. Humbert, himself a paedophile, has tracked him down and the opening 15 minutes creates a bizarre dialogue between the two that would easily be witnessed in either a psychiatric ward or a set of a Marx Brothers film or even a silent comedy caper with added dialogue. This enables you, the viewer, to fully appreciate the nature of human dysfunction that you're about to witness. A game of ping pong is almost beyond any sense. We then shift the narration 
on Pumba as he arrives in the sleepy town of Ramsdale in New Hampshire. He's Professor Humber, a writer and translator of French poetry. Schooled in the UK, he takes up lodgings with Charlotte Hayes, played with a zest and emotion by Shelley Winters. Charlotte is a widow, but she's stuck in late adolescence and craves for attention from any male who shows her interest. And she has a young daughter, Dolores Hayes, a.k.a. Lolita. Charlotte immediately tries to charm Humbert into accepting the lodgings available, and we witness his uncertainty and hesitancy evaporate instantly when he, his eyes catch Lolita in the garden in a bikini, donning sexy sunglasses and hat. The scene, through Mason's non-verbal reaction, sends an immediate signal of his sexual preference, and what follows is a battle for his attention between mother and daughter, who in many ways function similarly as spoiled attention-seeking teenagers with damaged personalities regarding how they see men. Witness how Lolita kisses mother and Humbert, he's a stranger, remember, when she retires to bed, and the clutching of the hands of Humbert by both film females in the cinema. A point to emphasise, the movie was released in 1962. The subject matter, paedophilia, had never been shown on the screen before. This was an extremely, exceedingly risky move by Kubrick, given the strict censorship laws. laws. But it evaded the chop, thankfully. At this point of the movie, we uh, uh, were at the start of Umbert's journey into madness. And as the tale unfolds, the puzzle gets pieced together through incidents involving Lolita, with her mother, with Humber, and with the three together, and latterly with Quil Quilby. Quilty, sorry. Just to also note, uh, as Sellers is uh, masterful as the deranged Quilty, not so far removed from his roles in comedy in British films, and clearly... Kubrick acknowledged the genius when he casted him, casted him as the lead actor in Dr. Strangelove, his next project. Next we witness a summer dance with Charlotte obsessed with getting 100% attention from Umber. In contrast, his eyes voyeuristically are fixated on Lolita as she catches the eye of her peers. Humber appears very agitated and gives a pretense of a protective parent to force his intrusions on the child. What I found very noticeable was how these behaviours are commonly lost by paedophiles as they create a power relationship to hide their real intent. And this maintains acceptance in the family and in the community where they live. I witnessed this in my work with sexually, ab sexually abused children in the UK years ago. Kubrick had obviously been meticulous in his research for character development. The tale takes a twist when Charlotte manipulates the situation to send her daughter to camp, thus removing composition at home for Humbert's attention. Again, Humbert's disappointment at this decision reinforces his fixation for the child's affection. Additionally, when Humbert reads a note from Charlotte expressing her deep love for him, 
his response is one of outrageous laughter, which is mad-like in its tone, pre the Joker. There's also a very odd sequence involving a revolver that Charlotte owns and a claim that no bullets are loaded by her. But this isn't the case. Is this a cry for help by Charlotte or are we to take note of Humbert's fantasy about firing the gun in fun and it possibly leading to Charlotte's demise? A very odd sequence indeed. Surprisingly, marriage follows, but Humbert's aloofness to Charlotte's incessant demands for attention clearly tells us he is there to enable him to have access to Lolita in the holidays. Conflicts develop and emerge, jealousy being the prime one, and uh, following one such incident, uh, Charlotte finds uh, Hubert's diary where she reads his uh, irritation at her behaviour day by day and how he shares his desire on paper to see Lolita. A major ar argument then leads to Charlotte accidentally being killed, killed by a car as she flees the house in tears and runs into a, a, a rain-drenched road. Umbach re reacts almost apologetic-like to the father of the driver who killed his wife and greets his condolences in the bath with astonishing calm calmness. There's certainly no remorse whatsoever there. The movie then becomes a road trip. Humbert goes to the camp, takes Lolita, and they move to a new town via a few hotels. Uh, he tells a fake story to Lolita about her mother, claiming she's sick, but it's very vague, and he continues to be very possessive. He also has an ability to become a lapdog, and providing material things that teenagers whine for constantly. But he's incessantly jealous when she spends time with peers or out, or, or out on school activities. A picture emerges of neurosis and madness deepening as Humbert spends more and more time with the girl and her intolerance grows towards him. Also arriving at the hotel, uh, they cross paths with Quilty. There's a strange few minutes as a camp bed described as a cot is erected in the bedroom with uh, Lolita sleeping in this huge double bed, extremely erotically. Quilty impersonates a police detective of sorts and tries to gain Umbert's trust so he can meet Lolita. You sense it's two perverts trying to outmaneuver each other to catch the prize, Lolita. Quilty's comments are somewhat infectiously deranged. The scene is a highlight, but left me unsure as to what all of it was about, what it all meant. We then witness Umbert sharing the fact that Muller has died, and then he, 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 he becomes the ten, tender carer now. Lolita's grief is almost overdramatic and I sensed it was to generate credit in getting her own way with Humboldt. The comfort, the physical closeness between the two seems more like lovers than parent-child. Quilty crosses paths again as another personality, Dr. Zemp, a so-called educational psychologist at Lolita's school, 
and some suggest that the girl receive counselling for behaviour management in school. She's precocious, too sexually aware, etc., he says. Seller's German accent is pure Groucho Marx. Humboldt, however, rejects this notion. As we reach the last quarter, Lolita becomes sick. She's hospitalised and then is removed by an unknown uncle. She has outgrown her relationship with Humboldt. He's emotionally destroyed, viewing it as a rejection. And at the hospital, his reaction to Lolita's absence adds more evidence to his insanity, as hospital staff have to restrain uh, him with threats of a straitjacket. Yeah, he does, however, avoid this uh, by coming to grips with his uh, behaviour. Uh, and uh, he recovers his poise and after some time in grief receives a letter from Lolita asking for money as she now lives with a man. She's tracked down by Umbert and he sees uh, that she's pregnant and he's getting married and as part of a quid pro quo for the cash gets information about who was the uncle who signed her hospital discharge and then who tempted her to live in a hippie-style community in California where she subsequently escaped with the man she now lives with. Mason gives a complete repertoire of emotions while listening to her but leaves feeling jilted at best, outmaneuvered by an imposter at worst and plots the final sh showdown and you can guess the scenario of that. So, in conclusion, if you want an educational lesson in how people go mad, how people develop serious psychiatric disorders, Kubrick will facilitate that journey and an acknowledgement to the four actors in bringing this awesome work to the screen.